You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today, we're going to give you our biggest predictions for online business in 2020. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm James Wedmore. And I'm Jelly Sedania. And this is another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast, a very special episode because it's a two-parter. This is part two. Did you listen to last week's episode where we broke down our biggest lessons from 2019, a very happy year, very successful year. And this is part two. In a moment, we're going to get into what we see as the biggest trends that we already see, trends that no one here listening is going to be able to deny or ignore, mm -hmm. and what those trends call for in terms of predictions. So in a moment, I'm going to uh, grab my giant crystal ball here, and we'll look into it and see what's to come. In 2020. The funny thing is, he really does have a crystal ball I do have next a, to him. It's the size of a basketball. It's huge. It's green calcite. That was, uh, that was a good episode. It was. It was a good year. Great year. You actually dug up and found some I cool did. stuff. Yeah, I was cleaning up our project management board and I pulled up what we did for the first time, probably in the beginning of 2018, where we really dive deep into traction and the work that traction offers. If you haven't read that book, fantastic. Go book. do that. Mm -hmm. But it was really cool because we looked at our one, three and 10 year predictions that we made back then. And we were actually ahead of schedule and hit those goals and are even like hitting the 10 year goal already. Yeah, the 2020 three year goal is basically what our 2019 looked like. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, you know, you you know, I know we're preaching to the choir here in terms of like writing down your goals, casting a vision, visualizing in it, dare I say believe in it. Right. And it wasn't just dollar, it was like how many team members do we want and everything was like exactly, exactly. specific what products we wanted to lean into. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, and we're well on the way for a 10-year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could plan. You could start casting the vision. Or you could just reactively decide, what am I going to do today in my business? That's Either way, it's definitely not going to hurt to write it down. It doesn't hurt to write it down. It really doesn't. Especially as you build out the team to let everyone know, where are we going? Mm -hmm. Where are we going? Well, you better tell them. We're going to get into this in just a moment. We also want to remind you again, if you haven't gone through our free make your 2020 your bitch your bitch <laughs> we know that there's some listener has their kids like right next to him and they're gonna be so <laughs> mad at us i know i'm sorry it's a female dog it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a female dog it's the year of the dog um but we have a calendar. I have a cal This is what we got. We've, I bought this irreverent calendar on Amazon for 20 bucks. And it literally, when you open up to January, if you saw this in my stories, I took a picture of it. It says, 2020 is going to be my bitch. And then so many people DM'd and they're like, me too. Yeah. So we're like, perfect. <laughs> this is, so this is, a, this is like a free, basically mini course, four steps that we've put together from curating 
content that we've already created on the podcast, put it together in a formulaic process to help you complete your 2019 and flush out the greatness that awaits you in 2020. We take the time to do this every year. And now we basically get to turn that into content mm-hmm. for you guys on the podcast. Because part of the things we look at is not just where do we want to go next year, but where's the market going so that we're ahead of it, not in reactive land. So that's um, all there for you. JamesWedmore.com forward slash goal setting. Yeah. And the workbook there, I just looked at it today. It's very cool. And I'm excited to get my hands dirty. Yeah. Good. Good. So before we get into it, we were just chatting a little bit before and Jilly almost gave me an impression. I love doing impressions on the show. So what we're going to do is we're going to play impression roulette before we get into it. So what is an impression you would like me to do? Mm, Just because we were talking about earlier. How about Rick and Morty? Okay. A Rick and Morty impression. So for those who don't know, that's one of my favorite shows. I love it. All right. So here's here's my best impression of doing Rick from Rick and Morty. <coughs> Morty. Morty. Hey, Morty. <laughs> that was okay. That was good. The I'm, face. I'm, <laughs> there's a whole face going on with it. <laughs> I'm Pickle Rick. <laughs> okay. All right. And then let me see if I can do, I can do a little Morty. Uh, Rick. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> Where are you? All right. That was my Rick and Morty impression. <laughs> Anybody it. who's a listener to the show might appreciate it a little bit. Okay. Now, my impression for you. A hoity-toity, very snooty, snobby, Upper East Side, elitist, drinking a fine glass of Pinot Noir. <laughs> <laughs> It's, Whenever it's you're more, ready. It's more visual than anything. <laughs> it really is. But imagine me just <laughs> infer, okay? <laughs> In. mm. Mm. Tastes like chocolate and pepper and accompanies greatly with this cheese of 99 years. <laughs> Mm, a bit too tannity for my taste. Mm. Mm, the way the tannins fall down the glass. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> oh, look at all these normies down here. There we go. Okay. I have not done as many impressions as I used to. So we had to bring some of those back. And what a great sport because what <laughs> Jilly would not tell you, what she will say to me after the show, is that she does not do impressions. <laughs> no, I don't. And I put her on the spot. So what a great sport. Wow. So thank you guys for placating us a little bit, humoring us a bit. Let's get into today's episode. We're going to start with looking at some trends. All right. So who we're speaking to primarily is someone who has an online business. It really doesn't matter. It's not really relevant what industry you're in, otherwise what niche, et cetera, et cetera but that your business is run primarily marketed on the interwebs. And also most businesses that we work with are digital products, course creators, personal brands, authors, coaches, speakers, you name it, membership site owners, you know, coaching programs, stuff like that. So we want to take a look at some trends. Here's a trend that we can't ignore. This is one we've seen for like, since I've ever started 13 years ago that let's look at barrier of entry to the market, right? Level of difficulty, costs of entering to a market, skills required, mm-hmm. capital needed to get into this market. Is that getting higher or lower? 
Way lower. Way lower. Mm -hmm. It's continually gotten lower. When I started, you needed like a master's degree in rocket science and quantum mechanics in order to put a product on the internet and collect money. And now uh, we've literally like had fun with our members where it was like, oh, (laughs) you need to collect payment on the internet? Great. Click this button. Click this button. Save. Done. It's even gotten easier since I started. Completely. Right. And you've been in the business for just over four years. Mm -hmm. So you've seen a drastic increase in the technology, the easeability. It's cheaper. It's faster. Especially with the ease of being able to do everything all in one place instead of multiple things duct taped together. Yeah. And at risk of sounding like your grandparents, you know, when I was your age, (laughs) back in my day, (laughs) running an online business was no joke. It really was. It was really tough. It was, I had to walk 15 miles <laughs> uphill in the snow. The faces, guys, you're really missing out on this. <laughs> uphill, both ways. <laughs> it was, it was a lot harder, okay? So, look, we can sit there and say, oh, that's great. Some people are like, oh, finally, I'm going to get started now. It's easy for me, right? Well, with every good, there's a bad. Every problem, there's a solution. Every solution, there's a problem, you know? Every strength, there's a weakness. And... With the barrier of entry getting lower and lower, with it becoming easier and easier to create courses and start an online business and create content, it also simultaneously means it gets harder. Why? More noise, more competition, and more sophistication. And this is what I want you guys to get, okay? That by simultaneously decreasing the barrier of entry, it simultaneously increases the barrier of entry with different barriers because... Mm -hmm. It causes more noise, more competition, more sophistication, okay? Now, you won't hear me use the word saturation because saturation really starts to get into a place of lack mentality. You know, oh, there's already 10 rock bands, so there can't be an 11th. It's too saturated for rock bands. You know, it sounds silly, right? We've talked about this before. In the US alone, there are over 240, now 241 choices because of the new Tesla rocket ship truck. (laughs) 240 choices that you have when it comes to getting a four-wheeled vehicle that will take you from point A to B. You have 240 options. You want to tell me that it's too saturated, right? What it is, it's not saturation. It's sophistication, Okay. Market sophistication means people are more hip. Is that what the young kids are Mm -hmm. saying? To marketing. And if you're less hip than they are, then um, good luck with that. That's going to be really challenging. Yeah. To put another way, I guess people, the marketplace that you're selling to are more aware that they have choices. Mm -hmm. Well, that's beautiful. But they still have choices. And some people choose multiple choices, you know? I'm not the only one that does what I do. And I know plenty of people that are like, oh yeah, I have your product. I work with so-and-so and I work with so-and-so. Yeah. Just like, you know, you don't just buy the Beatles and say, no, I'll never listen to Led Zeppelin. I read somewhere today that, that they're considered, I think it's Beatles and then Led Zeppelin and then Pink Floyd, the three best rock bands ever. I don't know. I'm not a rock fan, so I'm the worst person to ask on that. Just forget it. <laughs> just get out. I'm a top 40 girl, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think we can all agree with this, right? Also, let's look at another trend, paid advertising. You know, we shouldn't have to be preaching to the choir too much that using tools like Facebook advertising, paid ads on Instagrams is the way that you're most effectively going to reach new audiences. You're going to scale. You're going to be trading the time for dollars instead of spending all day creating content. You can trade money 
to get more reach. I like that. I like the combination of both. Mm-hmm. So is paid advertising getting cheaper over the years? More expensive. More expensive. Is it getting easier and more lax in their rules restrictions or is it getting more strict? Definitely more strict. Yes. So these are trends that we can all see. They're vectors. They move in a direction. They're either going up or they're going down, right? So with these undeniable vectors, we can begin to surmise, predict, anticipate future situations and scenarios, Mm -hmm. right? So here's the first one. Marketing, messaging, and your copywriting is going to need to up its game. It's going to need to follow in suit with the sophistication of the market. The people that will thrive and continue to thrive will have a mastery level of marketing and messaging. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that are, I don't know, just like choosing not to make that a priority in something, you know, it's just kind of like... I either just keep outsourcing it, which is great if you have the funds to have a great copywriter on staff. But if you don't know great copy, how do you know if you have a great copywriter, right? But this will continue to become more and more relevant because the funny thing is, is it's not like, oh, a market becomes too saturated or sophisticated saying, no, it's just the messaging no longer fits that market. And if you don't have better messaging, better marketing, then you're going to get left behind. I feel like a lot of people have relied on the fact that, or just relied on their features and benefits of their programs, including the fact that it's easy to access because it's online. But now when everything is easy to access and online, how are you going to differentiate yourself? How are you going to stand out when everyone's products and programs are easily accessible? I mean, this is a big thing we talked about. We talked about it at the Kajabi Summit. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been talking about it with the masterminds about how content, and we're going to go deeper with this today, content is quickly becoming more of a problem for people than a solution. Mm -hmm. In other words, you wanting to provide value by telling somebody to do 10 more things that they don't have the time to do because they already have 20 things that they haven't done doesn't provide value. It provides overwhelm. Overwhelm. And so if your marketing is simply, your marketing strategy is just put out a ton of content and give people a bunch of how-tos and to-dos, and then that will make you a market leader, I would guess again. Mm -hmm. I would say time to rethink that strategy a bit. Gene Schwartz, great book. It's like 500 bucks on Amazon, but Breakthrough Advertising talks about the five levels of market sophistication. And so as the market gets more sophisticated, in other words, people become more aware of the alternatives, right? We need to stay on top of that. And so playing at least at the third level of market sophistication, which I believe Gene Schwartz calls creating your own unique mechanism, is going to be paramount. Mm -hmm. You can go learn more. You can actually just Google that to learn a little bit more about that, whether that's having your own IP like framework. This is something that Mel does so well and talks about with his stuff. And we've had him on the podcast. I don't know what episode, but we'll link it up with Mm -hmm. talking about the thought leaders and thoughtpreneur Academy, his program and thought leadership is, is if you look around uh, someone who's like a blue ocean personal brand, like can stand out and differentiate. They all have their own custom unique framework, right? It's like 10 people can share the same seven steps to how to do something. But if you have your own unique framework that is yours as this, you know, patent, visual, demonstrative thing that you've created, no one can just copy that. Mm -hmm. And that elevates your marketing message in a way so much. 
it's time to start doing stuff like that. Something that we've we already leaned into and you'll just see more of what we do is the more we see a barrier of entry being lowered, the more we just ask ourselves questions of what are we willing to do that others aren't willing to do and can't do. Mm. Right? What a great question. What can we do that most people can't? If you look at the, a lot of the things that we do in our business, I want you to know that that's why we do them. Right. Because others can't. Why do you do so many events? Because others can't. You know, uh, why do you do these unbelievably amazing videos with that good looking guy in them for eight episodes? Because most people can't. Most people, and you know, Julie and I have talked about this, Ryan, our videographer, and I, we've talked about this extensively. Most people I know don't have the patience to sit down for six months to craft and storyboard, script, scene by scene, line by line, and then memorize, get set, location, wardrobe, props to create a series like what we did. Like you might have watched our videos and by the way, we're going to do even more of it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be even better. More explosions. Double the action. (laughs) Triple the explosions. (laughs) Um, Double the budget. (laughs) And double the budget. Coming to a theater near you. 2020. In 2020. July. (laughs) No, June. June. (laughs) Don't wait till July. It'll be over. (laughs) Is because uh, most can't. Right. Right. And, you know, that's a that's a sad thing is that people are, you know, you're in business and you just hear a lot like the sentiment of people like they want the quick, they want the easy, they want the fast. I don't know. It's like that's what everyone else wants. So we're willing to differentiate ourselves because we're willing to do what most people are unwilling to do. In fact, I actually just listen to like peers and other people in the industry and I just listen to what they complain about. And then whatever they complain about is what I go do. Mm. Like, oh, launches are stressful. It's like, great. We'll go do a launch. Yeah. We'll do uh, all the I don't want to do an event. They're too expensive and too much work. Great. We'll uh, do 19. We'll, we'll do 19. <laughs> we did do 19. Look, this is how we think, you know? But instead of, oh, I'm, we're setting ourselves up for a bunch of stress and hard work. We go, no, how can we make this fun? How can we make this light and easy? And how can we do it without like killing ourselves? Mm-hmm. And that's what we do, right? And even just making the videos for me is the most fun thing. But most people will not have patience to do that. No, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. Even just like watching the videos after they're done and cutting out like minutes of content. Oh, that's the hardest part. Days. When yeah. we put them on the cutting board and we've got to just chop out these things that you like, we spent half a day filming that. It's like, yep, got to get rid of it. It doesn't fit. Ah, also just to like, I went to film school for four years. I was making videos since I was nine or something like that. So this is like a lifetime of experience going behind it. So a lot of people, I realized too that making a video that is a language and you have to learn the language of what you see in your mind when you're like, oh, I have this idea to how it translates onto film into the final product. And we know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So even when we film, like we move fast with that. Right? I know I'm going a little off tangent, but I always love talking about our video process, but we move fast with that. Like we, Ryan calls it uh, shoots to edit. Like mm-hmm. it, we're one take wonders. We're like, good, got it, go, boom, move on. You know, I've, I've, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people that they're like, James, I spent eight hours to make like two minutes of content. Like, I oh. mean, I believe it. Even if you're doing it all, if you're, especially if you're doing it all yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of brain power that, the whole team brings to those video shoots to like brainstorm ideas, 
have ideas to cut different things and and rework it a different way. There's like at least four of us working on it for two weeks straight. And if you're trying to do that on top of running your business with no team to help you, well, Mm -hmm. you're trying to go all in on a project like that. Yeah. So they're, they're probably listening. They're like, so what are you trying to tell me? Do it, but don't do it. Right. (laughs) And what we are saying is what a great question to be asking. Mm -hmm. What can I do what am I willing to do that others won't, that others can't? What does the money and the resources that you have now give you the opportunity to do that others can't do? In other words, how can you differentiate yourself in a marketplace that will continue to get more crowded so that you can become more untouchable? We're just giving you questions. I don't have the answer here, but if you're just doing what everyone else is doing, then you're just part of the noise. If you're just following what other people are doing, that's the biggest thing is like, there's a big, you know, I talk to a lot of my friends and peers and they, they talk about how much they're copied and, oh, you know, all those things that can happen in an industry like ours where, you know, some unscrupulous pe- people get weird around money too. Mm-hmm. They get greedy. They morals go right out the window and they just start like copying somebody else's stuff and and they don't really see what I didn't know that'd be bad kind of thing. But here's the thing. All it hurts is you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if we're copying somebody else, we're copying someone else because they were successful. But you think that copying them will make you successful But all that does is make you a copy and being a copy doesn't make anybody successful because what made that person successful probably was not them copying somebody else. What made them successful was innovating. Yeah. You have no idea why they did that in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So they innovated. So you should be copying the what's beneath that, which is you should be copying the fact that they innovated. You should innovate. But if you're just copying them, is that innovation? No, it's just a copy. Mm -hmm. And you're only copying that which you can see, Mm -hmm. which means you're not copying the whole picture because most of what happens happens beneath the surface. You can't even see it. So you're trying to copy off of a copy of a copy, which we all know what happens when you do that. So that only that would only hurt you. How do you even know if they're not like self-correcting an error too? Like, how do you even know? What, the what, reason? Like, what do you mean? Like if you're copying something like, oh, that was cool, but maybe it was just a Oh, but it fix. didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you even know? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to do what that person did. But it's like, how do you know that worked? Exactly. Yeah. So this is about finding ways to uniquely differentiate yourself and, and innovate. But that's what we looked at last year. And that's what we're going to lean in more to is always finding ways to stand out by doing that, which most can't. If you're in a space where there is a low barrier of entry, you want to look for ways and things to do that other people can't. For example, like and, and things that just establish yourself as, a, as more of a credibility, you know, like a book, a TED talk. These are all like establishing authority and credibility, but they're things that most people won't do, can't do, aren't willing to do. High quality video case studies, Mm -hmm. you know, like something that's high quality. People doing things like, I'm going to do like a docu-series or, I mean, I love these things because they're creative, they're innovative, they differentiate you from everyone else that's trying to make a quick buck doing what you're pouring your heart and soul into. And if you're not starting to think this way, now's the time. If it's just like, I just want to do what's like the super easiest, you know, I love it. But notice that everyone else can do that too. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like, what can I do that this will lead into a different trend that we're going to talk about? But it's like, what can I do to be the least 
or the most hands off as possible. So I can talk to the least amount of people. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do that. Yeah. That's what a robot is, basically. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Copy based. Okay. Let's talk about another trend, right? That we kind of already spoke to. So what that trend creates, right? When everyone overnight is like an influencer, right? See, when I got started back in my day, even just creating a blog, like that was a big deal. Like I remember when my buddy found that I had a website. This is like 2008. He was like, holy crap, dude, you got like a website. You're like legit, right? (laughs) But then how fast does it take for someone to create an Instagram account? And like, boom, they're up and running with content. So everyone's creating content. Everyone's an influencer, right? So... Is there more content being created today or less? Way more. Way more, right? By more people. So are people going to be less overwhelmed or more overwhelmed? More overwhelmed, James. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for humoring me, Julie. (laughs) Thanks for being the voice of our listener. Yeah. People are going to continue to get more overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. How overwhelmed do you feel right now? Are you already like, oh, I don't have time to finish this episode because I have 75 other podcasts I have to listen to this week, right? To stay on top. So people are going to continue to get more overwhelmed. More decision fatigue, mm -hmm. more everything. Yeah. And so us creating more content, you creating more content, We do that for like two reasons, right? We're like, I want to help. I want to provide more value. And I also want to like establish myself as the authority. But you're going to continue to find yourself that do or see that doing more of this is just going to be hurting people, right? I mean, I think we can all agree that this is what's happening, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, a lot of people putting up the same content, a lot of people just doing things that just add to more to-dos, right? So hopefully we can all see this as a trend, And as a prediction that it's going to get worse. And I'm not trying to be like a negative doomsdayer because everything I do as an entrepreneur, and I think one thing that's allowed us to be successful is that I don't look at things as problems. Everything is an opportunity. So where's the opportunity here? The opportunity is that we need to begin, if not already, continue looking at ways additional ways that we can create and provide value for our people. Mm -hmm. If it's just more content that they have to consume that leaves them saying, here's all the more things I have to do. I think we're going to find ourselves being, this is the lowest form of value that we can provide. It's a commodity. It's quickly becoming a commodity because you could spend, you know, you could do your hour long podcast too with all the how to's and training. And then what's stopping anybody else from listening to that and just pretty much regurgitating it mm-hmm. on their podcast, right? Doing it one step less. Yeah, exactly. Not seven minute apps, six minute apps, not seven, six, right? And so are we just creating content that's just keeping people busy, just filling their heads with more things they need to do? That's just overwhelming them more. And so what people are going to crave, look, problems won't go away. People are going to continue to have problems. What is a problem? A problem And that's the funny thing is even if all problems went away, then you'd be out of business because there'd be no one there that you could solve problems for. We're in the problem removal business. So you wouldn't have any problems to solve, which means you wouldn't have any potential customers, which means you'd have a problem, right? So just that very nature, I don't know what we could call that, but it's like this paradoxical catch-22 loop that problems will never go away because the moment problems go away, you have a problem that there's no problems. Mm -hmm. We'd be out of a job. And that's a problem, which means there'd be somebody there that could solve your problem, right? So problems will always be in existence because 
we are creatures of desire. We will desire things that we don't have until the day we die. That's what we do. We desire things. There's something right now that you want that you don't have. That's like what creating a goal is. That's what setting an intention is. You can call it what you want it, but it's what it's something you want that you don't have. Mm-hmm. And when someone tries going after what they want and doesn't get it, we then begin to call that a problem. Right. And so that's going to ha- that's called life, by the way. That's yes. what we do. We like, oh, this is what I want to do. Oh, this is a struggle. Oh, like I'm going through a roller coaster. Ups and- that's life. Right. I want love. Oh, man, I'm alone. I'm single. I can't find anyone. Got this- the-, the perfect guy isn't out there. Right. That's called a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they find it happily ever after. And then they go, oh, now our marriage is deal. Oh, now we got to need marriage counseling. New problem. Right. It's a cycle of problems. Yeah. Never ending problems. Right. Problem, solution, problem, solution. So those will never go away. What we're getting at is how we can provide value and maybe how we can begin to solve these problems for our people will begin to change. And that just creating content because i think since i started that was the message that i heard it's just like content is king just create more content give as much content teach as much content as possible and there's like how to teaching content and i am you know we're saying here that that's just like super low value form of content there's like transformational content there's content or value that's going to change the way that somebody thinks changes their beliefs changes the way they experience the world how you see the world will determine what's possible for you. But if we're just filling your head up with more to-dos, do you change the way you see the world? Maybe, yeah, you feel a little bit more overwhelmed. Crap, there's more stuff in the way between where I am and where I want to be. That's what we're getting at here. So how else can you begin to create value in unique, differentiated ways for your people? How can you create experiences of value. And this can happen in so many ways. I start with questions because I don't want to be the person that has the answers. You have the answers. One of the ways I create value, even on this show, is by asking you good questions. Again, notice I'm not telling you to go do three, four things. I'm asking you a question. I'm getting you to think mm-hmm. because we as entrepreneurs need to be able to think like an entrepreneur, right? So, you're going to see more in people's launches how their next year are going to be more experiential type launches. Yes. You've already, we've already seen a trend of people doing live launches and the experience that gets created with that. Mm-hmm. That experience in and of itself of having experience is high value. Right. Ways that you can create more connection and relationship and community is value. That's value in and of itself. There's a story I tell in my mastermind, which is, you know, years ago when I would go to conferences and events, I would come home with a list, a to-do list of all the things I needed to do. Today, when I go to an event, a mastermind or a workshop, the list that I come home with isn't a to-do list. It's a to-connect-with list. So it, good. It's a list of people. It's a list of humanoids that I have connected with, that I want to follow up with, that I want to learn from, that I want to share, that I want to support, that I want to receive support with. That's value. In fact, it's there's been studies done on this. People that host events do surveys and stuff. The number one reason why people, especially, you know, you can get it all Google on YouTube and YouTube, that people come to a live event that will leave their home, leave their family, leave their business, leave whatever, 
get in a traveling box in the sky and then go sleep in a box that someone else sleeps in every night. Ooh, gross. <laughs> to come to an event is for connection. It's for the energy. It's for the people. Mm-hmm. That's value. Changing someone's perspective, the way they think, the way they look at something, that's value. Inspiration, that's value. And here's the funny thing is a lot of people like I'll see like when they join BBD, they they're doing their first launch or webinar and creating their first product. And they say, James, you know, I'm worried that a lot of my audience is going to say, why would I pay for this when I can get it for free on Google? I can just Google it. And here's the truth. There's a lot you can Google. There's a lot you can search on YouTube for. But how do you Google what you don't know what to Google? This is what's called a blind spot. There are things that you don't know that you don't know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, but do they know? There are things that you didn't know that you didn't know. So how do you Google what you didn't know that you didn't know? You can't. Mm -hmm. You can't. And if we're only the person that just is like the answer to everyone's Google question, I think... There's other ways we can be providing value. This is to me big. I, we've, I think we've been talking about this for just the past year. Yeah. And you'll see us lean more into this. Leaning more into less teaching. and Because this is what we're talking about. It's like, are you an advice giver? Right. You think being an authority, an expert, is and an influencer, and a thought leader is being just an advice giver? That's just somebody with a lot of information that says, here, I know what's best for you. Whereas I think somebody who's truly of influence is influencing the way they think the way they see the world, their perspective, shifting their ability to look at something differently. And that's what a great coach does. That's what a great mentor does. And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that other than two reasons. Number one, we, we believe that's the highest form of value. And that's what gets people results. But number two, it's because most people don't do it, can't do it, and aren't willing to do it. Exactly. So we see this as more and more of a trend. Are you just going to be somebody who's creating more content next to somebody else? Everybody else is just creating more content. Yeah. And are you a person that wants to create content and then hide from the content instead of actually interacting with people? That's why I think Mm -hmm. that live launching is becoming so popular and um, the people that are doing it are crushing it is because the people that are going through that experience with them, they are part of an experience. You know, it's live. The person's teaching live. They're with other people interacting with the content versus it's like, why would someone choose an automated webinar where they know they're going to go through it by themselves with no experience versus a live launch with the whole community aspect and someone showing up for them live versus, you know, just turning on a button and walking away. Totally. And part of that is leaning more into how you can not just create community, but create more connection mm-hmm. with your audience. You think about that with sophistication, with quote unquote saturation, as we like to just say, people knowing that they have more choices. If you're somebody that is providing information of sorts, right? Like you are teaching, coaching, online course, membership, group, coach, et cetera. And now people have choices. They're going to go with the person that they have the best relationship with Mm -hmm. the person they feel the most connected to the person they resonate with the most. And that's the cool thing too, is like when we get into branding and stuff, why I don't think branding is as relevant and important to a personal brand. People are like, what What are you talking about? As say something like Tesla is because you are a unique 
little snowflake. You're unique. There is no one on the planet like you. For better or for worse, there's no one like you. And your uniqueness, by default, becomes your brand. Mm -hmm. It's who you are. And yes, we want to be intentional about highlighting, showcasing, exaggerating, if dare I say, those things that are most unique about you. Because that's where people on a human-to-human level will connect and relate with. But that's, I mean, that's always been a thing. I mean, you'll find more and more of that, but that's pretty obvious, right? Like people aren't buying from a logo or a robot. They're buying from you. So what are we doing? What are you doing to further highlight the things that make you, you? Kira Hug, who we love. She's amazing. KiraHug.com. She's an amazing copywriter. She asked us a great question. She used to write some copy for us. She goes, what makes you weird? Mm-hmm. And I just said, how much time do you have? <laughs> There's a lot that makes me weird, but you'll see like, you know, I want people to know that I go to the beach every day and I surf every day and I play with Legos all the time. And my best friend is a four year old, which is pretty weird. It's almost four. His birthday's in January. He's this many. (laughs) Still in one hand. (laughs) Yeah. And those are, you know, those are my weird, you know, things that are me. Right. Or that I like a show like Rick and Morty. Because that becomes the personal brand of the uniqueness of, of who I am, right? And I have people like when I start talking about kite surfing, I have people all the time, you'll see it, right? Like on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook that are like, oh my goodness, I kite surf too, right? And those connection points. That's something that Pat Flynn talks so much yes. about with his book. What is the name of his book? Super, Super fans. Fan. Yeah. So good, right? So that's your brand. Keep pulling that out. Yeah. He also talks about this in his book, I believe, as well as like, even if you are doing something automated or an opt-in or something, how can that become an experience for your customer versus just entering their email and getting something for free? It's like, how can you make it more of an experience for them? This is great because I think what a lot of people are doing when they're just getting started, and I get it. I understand. I was there too. It's like, someone tell me how to do this and how do I do it? What's the right way to do it? What's the best way to do it? Let me do it exactly like this person. And what better questions to be asking to say, what's going to make this a special, unique, valuable experience for this person? So from the moment they go through, oh, wow. Let me give you an example of this. We're going to talk about this because we're going to do some uh, cool stuff in January, which I won't give too much away for that. But I had this amazing experience going through this app, Noom, N-O-O-M. Are you familiar with it? Mm -mm. You've never heard of it. Mm -mm. Have you guys heard of this? I loved it. So I, I saw their ad, loved the ad, went through the entire process. So what it is, let me tell you what it is. And then let me tell you, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. All this stupid app is, it's not stupid at all. It's, it's freaking brilliant. I want to meet the marketing team of the company here. Noom, which is moon backwards. I don't know if that was intentional. All it is, is like a diet workout goal tracking app. Mm. That's it, right? Whoa, revolutionary, right? Their approach was an unbelievable experience. Unbelievable, simple, elegant, customized, really special experience. The steps you go through, I would actually just invite anybody here. It's great. It's about time for New Year's resolutions anyways. You want to lose some weight or get some fitness goals in place. It's a great little app to do it and go through the experience. I don't know how you're going to find, maybe go find them on Instagram and go through their whole process. Just play this loud and you'll get an ad for it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just say Noom a few times and then you'll yeah. get an ad Noom. in your newsfeed. Noom, Noom. <laughs> and I loved the process as a marketing aficionado. I really enjoyed it. It was a bit tanny for my taste, but <laughs> mm, back in Yardell, I loved it. Like they're asking me all these questions they are tailoring it all to me. 
And then every day I just check in and what do you know? I've lost two pounds. So boom, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's inappropriate, but that's a great, it was a great experience. And they have, I mean, every day there's little like notifications of like, Hey, did you know? And they've got a little coach in there. Did you know that they have a little accountability coach that like she texts me every day? Wow. I know. So her name is uh, Alyssa B. Shout out Alyssa B. From El Paso, Texas. And she goes, I'll be your goal specialist. I got your YBP, which I don't know what that is. Um, something I filled out. I'm super excited to unpack this. In the meantime, I wanted to share a little bit more about myself. Right. I'm a huge introvert. I don't want to talk to her. I really <laughs> don't want to talk to Alyssa. But there's this little text message saying she's here to like be my cheerleader along the way. This thing's like 25 bucks a month. This is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. This It's not just like track your food, weigh in today. It's so much beyond that. And great marketing is all around you. We're being marketed to every day, you know, all of us. And you should be paying close attention to like, wow, what do you enjoy? What stands out to you? And that was an enjoyable process. And there's somebody who's not just saying, we're just going to be a food tracking, weight tracking app. We're going to create an unbelievable experience for people that hits multi-dimensional. It's more, I mean, there's motivation in there every day. It's talking about brain-based habit formation and behavioral triggers, all these things. And it's, it's drip fed daily, these little micro things. And you're like, holy crap. Yeah. I've only been on it for three days. I started three days ago, Monday morning. Yes. And um, I love it anyway. And you've lost two pounds. And I lost two pounds. So. I had, I have a, like a cool marketing experience. I got targeted with those ads. Have, have you seen them for the like custom vitamin pack? That has no. like your name on it, and you're like, I want, what? I want to vitamin pack with my name on it. So I, I, you have to go through like a whole quiz on like what your health needs are, like what kind of food you eat, so you know kind of know where you're deficient. And then it spits out a custom vitamin plan for you, and then you know it prompts you to sign into a membership, so you get new vitamins every day. And you see people on Instagram like unboxing their vitamin packet, and I love it. It's like what a great fun way mm -hmm. to encourage people to take vitamins by making it cute and custom. That's great. I've never, no, I've never seen that, but now you will. Now I will because <laughs> they're always listening. <clears throat> There's so much more we could talk about with that. You know, a lot of what we've done is create in-person experiences as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe, you know, we have a lot, I mean, you hear case studies on our show every, every week, just about, you know, like we said last time, I, the only reason I don't do them every week is because, you know, it's just bandwidth time, but there are so many of our students that are getting unbelievable results. And I believe it is the coupling of three things. It's great content. So you got to have that, obviously. But there's so much great content. I'm talking to some of you that's out there that your people aren't going through. Mm -hmm. Go check your course stats right now and see the completion rates. And so great coaching is going to get them through the course. Accountability, commitment, responsibility, integrity. A lot of people don't have these things. And that's why they don't have the results. So we're just teaching more information, but they don't know what integrity is. Mm -hmm. They don't know what commitment is. They don't know what responsibility is. They don't know what being a cause in your life is. These are all opportunities for not just you, but for you to then teach your people. That will get them to take the actions and you take complete your programs, take action on your programs. And this is such a higher value that you can offer somebody. And so we're doing that with great coaching. And when we couple that with in-person experiences, I still look biggest introvert. How does he do 19 events? Why does he do 19 events? It's one reason. It's because if we really want to help people, I still believe that an in-person experience is going to be the highest value, most effective way to help somebody is in person. 
Absolutely. The, the, the energy, the connection, the content, the experience there is going to be unbelievable. And when you couple that with the fact that we were talking about earlier, is most people are unwilling to do it. Most people don't want to spend the money on it, don't want to take the time. We leaned into it and our business has grown and we've helped more people and around and around and around we go. Mm-hmm. And here's the best part. People will pay more for all of this. Absolutely. They're going to pay more for this. People will, you, this is what we're saying as part of our predictions. People will be, are willing to pay more for higher touch experiences, higher touch coaching, more support because they're so overwhelmed because they've gotten all the, the 57 other Udemy courses and, and content. They're like, I just need someone to get me through this. Yeah. And let's uh, be careful with higher touch too, because just because you rent an event space, and put some chairs in and throw up a stage doesn't make it high touch. It's high touch when people are actually experienced in the community, getting tangible value, making shifts and changes in the room, walking away with something other than a list of to-dos mm-hmm. and a little bit of extra pep in their step for three days. Yeah. Even the way we looked at events, we mm-hmm. wanted to look at events differently. Anybody who's been to BBD Live knows it's very different than any other event that you've ever been to. It was all intentional. We look at what everyone else is doing. This is what great marketing is, is you look at your market, you look at the landscape of the market and you say, what's everybody else doing? What's working? What's not? How do we do it differently? How do we do it in a way that gets results? How do we do it in a way that people actually want it? And we just keep asking these questions. They're very simple things to do. You know, they're simple questions to ask. You know, it takes some fun problem solving, creative brainstorming to get to those answers, but that's where you start. I think even just going back to looking at the course progress, that's something I feel like people aren't willing to really look at. I don't know if it's like a fear-based thing or all sorts of different reasons why. It's just a low-hanging fruit of ways to get people more involved in your community is just by taking a quick look at that number, just having a brainstorming session on what you can do to increase that. Amen. Yes. Think about what gets to happen if you just got more people to finish the content they start in, Mm. you know, what else becomes possible? All right. Here's another fun trend. We're going to talk about really quickly. I love this. A lot of our listeners on the show are going to love this. Hey, people everywhere are waking up spiritually. Hashtag woke. Woke AF. (laughs) Like we look back, like when I started dipping my toe into the weird woo woo deep end, Like I first got introduced to a lot of all this crazy stuff back in like 2006. Although my, my mom, you know, was like talking to me about all this since I was a little kid and wanting to know what my dreams and my spirit guides were telling me and all that stuff. I love my mom for that. She encouraged that with me and my sister from a young age, but I was just such a left brain thinker, INTJ, that was just like, oh my goodness, this is so nonsense. But I started waking up i and we just hear so many more people talking about it. even since this podcast started four years ago how many more people have been talking about in business itself spirituality mindset energy you know from a scientific quantum physics like whatever standpoint but have you not noticed can you not pause take a step back and notice the trend is this is this as popular today as it was 15 years ago 10 years ago even five years ago no not even like four years ago with the kids back when i started i didn't know with the with the cool millennials you know (laughs) my friends got it when i first started i didn't know anything about law of attraction like like James, my dad was a big fan of like people like Zig Ziglar. So I knew of it, but I had no idea anything in any concept, especially in life, maybe in business and goal setting. Yeah. But nothing in like everyday life. But now even all my friends that are not in business Mm -hmm. are getting into like law of attraction and alignment and mindfulness and everything like that. So 
you know, I think the vast majority of people listening here are all going to agree that that's a trend that if we've seen more in an ascension or an acceleration, a speeding up of this, more of a conversation, more of it becoming more mainstream, where do you think we're going, right? You think mm-hmm. it's going to stop? This is it. And then it's going to just end tomorrow. No, it's going to continue to expand, to speed up and to advance. And here's why I say this. I believe as people are waking up everywhere in every niche, they're craving this. Mm-hmm. They're craving this. People, look, no matter, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. By and large, 99% of people that are selling courses and memberships are in some sort of personal growth, personal development, because someone has to learn, do, implement, and get a new result in their life. That is personal growth, spiritual growth, personal growth, involvement, whatever you want to call it. And so to have something that teaches somebody how to do something to become a better parent, a better lover, a better spouse, a a healthier fit body, more energy, whatever, a better business, better social media person, a better employee, a better team, whatever, to not include a spiritual element, to not open some conversation. We're just predicting, pretty easy, safe prediction if you ask me, that more and more people are craving this at a deeper and deeper level. More and more people are seeing there's more to all of this. There's more to me. There's more I want to unlock. There's more. There's something inside of me that is wake awakening mm-hmm. and I want to unleash it. And whatever problem they're suffering from, I feel like they want to figure out what the cause is and like solve it for good yeah. instead of just temporarily. Yeah. Just like a, like a Band-Aid mm-hmm. uh, Advil approach. Yeah. So how can, if this is a trend, how can you begin speaking to this more? How can you be more open about it in the way that works for you, that's in alignment for you? I mean, I'm very clear that like that's what I wanted this podcast to be about when we started it four years ago, was to bring this conversation into business with as many episodes because it's, it's what changed so much of my life and now our team's live which we talk you know it's such an open conversation with everyone on the team and with our customers and our clients at every level and it takes many different forms you know it doesn't matter what you know religion or anything you are but it is about having adding either an energetic or a spiritual conversation to the work that we're doing i think is beautiful and i think more and more people are waking up to it which means they're craving it And I'm just going to say it. If someone else like a competitor is speaking to it, those people that are craving it are going to go with them. Yeah, I love it too. As a consumer, I always like purchasing things that incorporate that because like we've been saying, people are overwhelmed. So when you can feed two birds with one seed where you can get the content that you're wanting to learn, plus incorporate the spirituality and the inner work that you know you need to do, it's like you're double productive. Yeah. You can add that into your morning routine and knock off personal development and knock off learning. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. So that's one we see. Uh, Let's look at one other important prediction we at least i think this prediction is especially true for our industry of like online business if you're teaching social media if you're if you're talking to other online entrepreneurs a lot of sophistication market sophistication what does that mean again it means the people in the audience by and large are more sophisticated it's Mm -hmm. like they're seniors not freshmen right like a freshman is like whoa wait you can build a business on the internet right 
versus someone who's like very hip and wise to everything that's going on. And they're very, they're very aware, right? And it becomes a different conversation. With that sophistication, what will happen, and I, you already see it happening, which is great, but you're going to just see more of it. This is our prediction, of course. These are pretty safe predictions. Like, I think once you hear these, you're not going to be like, whoa, that was pretty outrageously extreme you're like yeah this actually makes a lot of sense so we make a lot of safe predictions i'm just looking at trends i'm looking at where have things been moving that we think are relevant and where are they going to continue to move mm-hmm. and based off that trend what can we expect so that you're prepared for it more sophistication is going to cause things like vanity metrics right marketer math right to carry less and less weight and actually cause more and more to be for lack of better words like a turnoff mm-hmm but also, and this is what we talked about last week as well, whether it's you using a number as a vanity metric, whether it's followers, right? Like we've talked about how all these uh, Instagram influencers that have millions of followers can't even sell. There's like the articles, like they can't even sell like 30 t-shirts, t-shirts mm-hmm. right? It's just vanity metrics. Can't cash in a million followers at the bank. Can't pay your bills with that. Can't pay your bills with money you don't have mm-hmm. either, right? So... Becoming more real, mm-hmm. transparent with your numbers is, um, you know, going to be really extremely valuable. You know, <laughs> even when we talk about we're making nine million, I, there's not like nine million dollars that goes in my bank account. We have a team, a big team. Right. There's a lot of expenses there to run with that team. It's still bigger, more profit than if I had a hundred thousand dollar business. But you know, yeah, it's relative. <laughs> it's, it's all relative. But again, this comes back to knowing your numbers for yourself. We just can't stress that enough. And you're just going to continue to hear that more and more from us about knowing your numbers and having a healthy profit margin and a healthy business yourself Mm -hmm. to not get caught up in those numbers. You know, when you're comparing yourself to somebody else who has, they're sharing their marketer math and you're looking at the real collected total revenue and profit margin, you're comparing apples to oranges. Exactly. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, you know, know that, you know, that things like that is sophistication. People are things like surface level vanity type stuff very much, not just loses its way, but becomes like bug repellent. Yeah. People know that, you know, if you make a million dollars now, they're realizing they're kind of doing the math in their head like well how much did you have to spend to get that so they're already questioning you and so they're already losing trust in you because of that so totally you know speak to those things Mm -hmm. you've heard me say this before there's when there's an elephant in the room if you ignore the elephant what happens to the elephant it disappears right no it gets bigger right and so this comes back full circle to what we were talking about before with like improving your marketing and your messaging and your copywriting part of this becomes about addressing the elephants in the room if you are going to talk about your numbers be more transparent with them exactly be more real with them Mm -hmm. you know talk about things like expenses and profit and you know you're going to see that go a really long way if that's relevant obviously if you're like teaching underwater basket weaving that's not really relevant to you so that's why i said this one was kind of a caveat for people and like talking business but there's a lot of people that follow us talking that so but with like the vanity metrics i mean we've already seen it with instagram with their likes going away yeah exactly yeah because it's more about i mean who cares but likes isn't gonna like you say you can't take likes to the bank no but you can measure things like how many real conversations you're having with people Mm. in your dms how many comments you're getting the engagement is so much more important than just a click on a heart so i want to share in a moment some like 
tools, opportunities, and things that we're going to move into for us in 2020. But I want to recap these trends really quick for you. That These are trends and predictions. If you're in digital product land, the barrier of entry is going to continue to get easier or lower, which means more noise, more competition, more market sophistication, right? What are you going to do about that? Paid advertising, a powerful tool for reaching more people. It's going to continue to get more competitive, which means more expensive and stricter guidelines, right? We can agree to these things. Another trend, people with all the more content are going to continue to get more overwhelmed and to the point of teaching them something is actually going to be doing more harm than good. Uh, another trend that we left was that people are waking up spiritually. We'll just leave that one at that. And then, of course, we gave a caveat one, which is in our space of what sophistication can do to cause things like vanity metrics to you know, really repel people. So four big predictions with um, or trends with some predictions based off of those. Let's get into some specific things really quickly that we're excited about investigating and using more of Mm -hmm. next year. First, at the top of our list is LinkedIn and LinkedIn ads. Yes. Wow. This is something that we have long forgotten about. I think if you were to go to my LinkedIn profile today, you guys would all have a good laugh because I don't think I even know my password anymore. It's been about seven years, maybe longer maybe 10 years. Yeah. You've been here. We've never even said the word LinkedIn in four years. I think I like updated it when I got my first job title with you. And that's that's it. it, Right. And so we've never used it in the business Mm -mm. in the last four years. We've never touched it. We know that for a fact, but we've had a lot of our, not a lot, but a few of our mastermind members talking about the potential they're seeing with it, the opportunities they're seeing. Even Ryan, our video guy, he mentioned it a while ago Mm -hmm. around LinkedIn video. Yeah. So we're going to be looking into ways that we could be using LinkedIn more. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of people like teaching content on about LinkedIn either. Like I don't see a lot of... No, it's weird. I saw it when I first... When we first launched BBD, I saw a few people teaching LinkedIn, LinkedIn. but I haven't really heard of it since. Yeah. yeah. And then LinkedIn ads, we've never done. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that. We're going to be doing more with Google advertising. Yes. That's going to be huge for us. And yeah. there's... You know, Michael Alanis is a great resource for you on that, but he kind of came to our mastermind and blew everyone's mind because no one was using Google ads. Yeah. And as a personal brand, there's so much opportunity for people that are already searching for you. It's just an easy, low hanging fruit. To, yeah, I like to I like to say AdWords. It's not even called AdWords anymore. It's just called Google ads. Yeah. They changed it. I didn't even know. Google ads, formerly the artist formerly known as AdWords, is what I like to call the forgotten stepchild of online marketing. Like no one talks about that either. No Mm -hmm. one's talking about ads, Google ads. It's a very sophisticated platform. It can be very challenging. It could be a lot of moving parts, but when you know it, it can be so powerful for you. And we use it a little bit and we want to lean into it so much more because it brings with it the power of YouTube, the YouTube platform, where if you have a powerful presence on YouTube, oh my goodness, you can create ads based on people who've watched your videos, subscribers, even just putting ads in, t- in front of other competitors' YouTube channels. Like there's just so many opportunities there. Even just simple opportunities of people that are already Googling you. Right now, there's somebody Googling you. Mm-hmm. May not be a lot of people yet, but people are Googling you. If you've ever put something out there on the internet and sold it, someone Googled it. Yeah. Someone was like, review about blah, blah, blah product. Review about Jane Doe's course. They're Googling you and you can have ads that you control that whole top of Google, the links, the traffic, 
the copy, all of that can be all your space. You get to basically borrow Google real estate for relatively cheap for a potential buyer. When someone wants to learn more about your product, that's a buyer, right? They're thinking of buying. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's just... Especially when you're in launch mode, you know, you have like your doors are only open for a few days. So obviously your SEO isn't running all year on that site. Mm -hmm. So to be able to force your page up on the top of Google for that short period of time is going to be really powerful. Totally. So those are two ad platforms we're looking at, LinkedIn and Google. Fun fact, did you know that I actually taught people... Google insurance agents, Google no. ads, like way back in the day. I did not know that. <laughs> Internship in insurance. And yeah, taught a bunch no of way. agents in Orange County, Google ads. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. What year was this? This was 2000 and let's see, 2009. In 2009, I was teaching real estate agents how to use Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Facebook too. Yeah, I was setting up their Facebook oh profiles and gosh, stuff. Gosh, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, anywho... Okay, next on the list. This is something we're just going to be doing more of. We're more excited, just continually excited about, but just finding ways to have more intimate, what we would call scaled connection, one-to-one conversations around our people and our audience. A lot of this is just us leaning into and loving more and more Instagram stories and DMs. Mm Mm-hmm. We have a lot of fun in there and it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. There's a lot of people in there. And the more we encourage people to hang out with there, it it takes up a lot more of our time. But, you know, to be able to connect with so many members of our audience, uh, so many listeners of the show there is like really awesome. But we just, you know, we see that as so much more potential there. Yeah. And don't be afraid of the lack of scalability there. There are ways to make it if you're creative and problem solve, Mm -hmm. there are ways to scale it as much as possible. Yeah. What else uh, we see is, you know, tools and platforms and things that we're excited about specifically next year is for listeners of the show. I have something called Beyond the Podcast. You can go to jameswedmore.com forward slash beyond and see that process. It uses a free app called Telegram, which is very similar to WhatsApp. And it's like a group text platform. And I don't know what to call these other than they're like group texting communities. And I'm very excited about this. I really am loving Telegram. I'm loving this. And the group that I set up is just for me to broadcast additional content, musings, thoughts, and ideas to our most loyal listeners. You know, when you go through that process, you'll notice... Like go through the process and just kind of see, you got to go through a few hoops. You got to download the app. You got to find the group. You got to, you know, boom, request to join. I think it just lets you join immediately, right? So it's for our most like loyal listeners and it's additional podcast content. It's additional Mm -hmm. stuff. I do something every couple of days, just kind of whenever I'm in the mood. But right now, the way I set mine up is it's just a one-way conversation where I'm the only one that can post. There are other channels that you can create, whether it's on WhatsApp or Telegram. I know a lot of people are doing really cool stuff on WhatsApp. I never used it, but Telegram's like the competitor. It's like the same thing where you can have two-way conversations where other people can be posting and commenting and stuff like that. I didn't want to start with that because I didn't want to have to feel like I got to go in there and monitor and manage every day. Mm -hmm. So it's just me right now, which is really great. And we've gotten some great feedback of people just like loving listening to these little doses of James. And it's another experience too, like full circle. When I get a little notification, it's like new message beyond the podcast. I'm like, ooh, exciting. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's not for everyone. 
you know? So at the end of the day, like I'm always just looking for different touch points to stay with where my audience is. And in that same vein, about a month ago, there was a hubbub for about 24 hours on the internet about all these big names that were like, like Ashton Kushers and Gary Vaynerchuk's saying, Hey, send me a text. And they like put their phone number and people were like, what the, what did he do? Did Gary V just give his phone did number? Did he get hacked? Yeah. Did he just give his phone number away? Did somebody hack his account and share his phone number? What it was is they were using a piece of software called community.com, which to me, I applied to do it. So we'll see if they will let me in. If you guys are listening, like, hey, <laughs> let me use it. But there's like a wait list. You can go to community.com. And what I'm seeing from this a little, like I've, researched it it's very similar to like a telegram type Mm -hmm. thing where it's like this group chat where you can be updating and you know broadcasting to your audience via like a text message type experience and it's i am intrigued by it yeah even like instagram kind of kicked this off a while ago too if you have a smaller audience they have that join chat feature that you wait what is this it's in stories it's one of those like stickers that you can add and it's like join a chat and you i think there's a limited amount i think it's like 30 people or something like that a max group chat but you can create a group chat in instagram too i had no idea yeah what what do you mean kicked us off we can't do it no they just no they kicked it off oh they kicked off exactly the the trend yeah (laughs) but we haven't used any of that no yeah no we haven't tried it yet wow Mm -hmm. see stuff like this my ears are perked my eyes are opened mm-hmm. my interest is peaked i haven't gotten into the tiktok thing i don't know i don't mm. know jilly doesn't like it no so we're not putting What's that the value it's just distraction it's i don't just, know it's distraction i i haven't looked into it at all and i just listen when other people describe it and all i keep hearing is people like oh my gosh like it's crazy the amount of like views and engagement but like at the same time they're like confused by what it is so yeah <laughs> i'm just i just see dancing videos i don't know yeah. it just seems like a lot of effort yeah we yeah. might as well save all that creativity for our like, video series <laughs> like i think pat said like because he puts all this work into these awesome youtube videos and he's like then i put this little like video up on tiktok and it got like 20 times more views as like a youtube video and i'm like yeah but i still am not sold but what can yet. you do with those views? what can we do yeah right that's part of it too yeah You'll see us do some really cool stuff on YouTube that kind of comes back into Google ad stuff, but Mm -hmm. you'll see us do some really cool stuff on YouTube as well. So when I started the podcast, I moved away from YouTube and people freaked the F out. (laughs) Is YouTube dead? Right? Uh, No. And it hasn't died. (laughs) I mean, I'm on YouTube every day. I'm watching something on YouTube every day. I moved to the podcast because the message changed and the medium and the message have to match. And could you imagine watching this, listening to this episode you just listened to, could you imagine watching an hour long YouTube video about this? Other than missing the faces for the impressions. Our gorgeous faces. (laughs) Oh, it's so gorgeous. Yeah, that would just be not as pleasant. So I knew that going into a podcast. That being said, we have some exciting plans in store for bringing the YouTube back Mm -hmm. 2020 and some cool stuff we're going to be doing there. So that's kind of like, it's not a prediction. It's just more like something we're excited to get back into next year. Is there anything else that you're seeing? Like we love to keep things so simple. We just don't chase too many like fancy frills and shiny tactics. I think just, I mean, leaning into less is more. The less, yeah. the less uh, that was our, tech that, was our big that you lesson. can have. Exactly. Simplified. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Going all in with the fewest amount of pieces possible. It's like our favorite word now is elegance. 
Yes. You know, it's the elegant solution. How can you get it done in the least amount of steps as possible? Yeah. It's not about doing all the things. No. It's really not. Congratulations. You stay busier than most people. Half those things. I mean, think about how much the tech updates all the time. Imagine if you just have to like constantly make sure your tech's working. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So that's it. Wow. We covered a lot today. Mm -hmm. This was really fun for us. We sat down for a little bit and really... It helped us, you know, to be like, what is on the horizon? Where are things going? I hope this was beneficial for you as well. Let let us know. Like, give us a shout out on the on the gram, yeah, the Instagrams, and let us know if this was of value to you. Because I'd love to do more things like this. It's a little off the beaten path from our regularly scheduled broadcast. But at the end of the day, something I just tell our mastermind members all the time, because they are leaders. Like they had to accomplish some pretty extraordinary stuff just to be in that room, you know. And we want them to continue doing extraordinary things. And so what we really just continue to urge them to do is to be leaders. And leaders don't follow the packs. They don't do what everyone else is doing. They zig when others are zagging. They're noticing trends. They are getting ahead of those trends. They're taking a little bit more of a risk on doing something different, shaking things up. And that's really what we wanted to offer was kind of an environment or a landscape with these predictions that could probably hopefully open up some ideas for you to do something different. Yeah. I'd even recommend maybe if you've already listened through this episode, go back and listen to it again, but pause after each prediction and just kind of like brain dump how that applies in your niche and your industry, what you're seeing with your customers and people in your space and audience and just kind of pause and and see what comes up. Cause that's what great marketing is that's what great marketers do. I remember learning this years ago, the biggest sin in marketing is to be boring. Mm. So if you're just following what everybody else is doing and well, so-and-so did it. So I guess I'll just copy what they did and do it like them. That's not great marketing. And your parents probably said it growing up. I know they said it to me. Do you want to be a leader or a follower? Did they say that? (laughs) Yeah, all the time. (laughs) I remember the quote, either lead, follow, or get out of my way. Like, dad, so-and-so had a cell phone. Are you a leader or a follower? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if they jumped off a bridge, would you do that too? I always hated that. I was like, of course I wouldn't. (laughs) How does getting a cell phone and jumping off a bridge have anything to do with each other? They're not at all the same at all. Anyways, we're stalling the end of this episode. Any final thoughts that you have, Julie? No, but also I would encourage you not only to pause and think of how this applies to your business, but what predictions do you see? as well mm, yeah, yeah. And, and specific you anything, to your own market exactly definitely mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes what predictions do you see start making some guesses you know yeah. in, in a lot of sense these are guesses mm-hmm. you know i do not have a working delorean working crystal ball but no delorean so hey thank you guys so much for tuning in thanks to jilly for co-hosting these my pleasure these two episodes facilitating thanks for having me back of course by popular demand they're all just (laughs) hopefully not so long next time (laughs) (laughs) i know i know i'm sorry um we've been busy we have say so thank you guys so much here's to an epic 2020 and we'll see you soon peace peace Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled 
activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be. So you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.